If Christianity is not a revealed religion, then it is a false religion. And if Judaism is not a revealed religion, then both Judaism and Christianity are false religions. To make sense of these claims, we need to look more closely at the meaning of two words, revealed and religion. Most universities, including secular ones, have a department or at least a program of religious studies in which the phenomenon of religion is studied by means of several academic disciplines such as anthropology, archaeology, philosophy, and psychology. The basis of such studies is the simple fact that religion of some kind is a universal human experience. And academic reflection on religious beliefs and practices can yield an understanding of some commonalities across all religions. Such common elements include a creation myth, a moral code, and rituals of worship, especially connected to the cycles of nature, like planting and harvesting, and key moments in human life, such as birth, coming of age, marriage, and death. In most religions, there is also a vision of how the universe will end, and a wisdom tradition which seeks to address questions such as, why do we exist? Why does evil exist? Why do we suffer? And what happens to us after death? This way of thinking about religion arose during the Enlightenment and reached its peak in universities, especially in Germany, in the 19th and 20th centuries. And this approach also had a profound influence on many Christian intellectuals who began to think of Christianity as simply a variation on the theme of man's universal religious experience, which arises from the search for meaning in the face of suffering and death. In that case, Christianity would be merely the result of the natural human desire for transcendence rather than the gift of divine revelation given by the true God first to Israel and then finally and fully given in Jesus Christ. Last week, we pondered the introductory verses of St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians about the preaching of the gospel. And today we continue in chapter 2, where the apostle writes, We proclaimed to you the gospel of God, and we thank God constantly that when you received the word of God, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Friends, this goes to the very heart of what Christianity is and is not. There are many systems of belief and codes of conduct which we think of as religions, and the best of these are expressed in and enriched by rituals of prayer, sacred writings, music, art, architecture, and disciplines of self-denial. Such traditions can be ennobling to their followers and provide great comfort and inspiration to people seeking an encounter with the mysterious and numinous presence of the divine. Think, for example, of Hinduism, Buddhism, 
Taoism, Shintoism, and Islam. But despite the many surface similarities of these traditions to Judaism and Christianity, there is one essential difference, and it makes all the difference. Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and all the rest are philosophies or wisdom traditions based on human experience and on man's search to understand the cosmos and our place in it. But Judaism and Christianity are something different in kind from these other traditions. You see, Judaism and Christianity are not the fruit of man's search for God. They are instead the result of God's search for man. This means that Judaism and Christianity come not from human invention, but from the free and loving self-disclosure of God to his creatures in human language and history, so that we may know, love, and serve him. And in coming to know, love, and serve the living God through this divine unveiling or revelation, we then find our true dignity and destiny as persons created in the image and likeness of God, persons who exist to share his glory forever and to live in perfect communion with all other persons who have been gathered by God's grace to his eternal kingdom. And the difference between religion revealed by God and wisdom traditions created by human invention means that Judaism and Christianity are radically unlike everything else that people think of as religion. In the Christian understanding, all the other wisdom traditions that seek the face of God are merely the product of human creativity, while they also contain seeds of the word of God planted directly by the Creator which will assist their adherents to hear and heed the gospel when finally it is proclaimed to them. Moreover, God reveals himself indirectly in all things, good, true, and beautiful. And so by the arts of right reason, man can learn some things about God through reflection on goodness, truth, and beauty. But in all the world, there are only two truly revealed religions, Judaism and Christianity. And if they are not revealed religions, then they are false religions. In fact, we might even say that by comparison to all other religions in the world, Judaism and Christianity are not really religions at all, as understood in our universities. Rather, the word of God brought into being first a people among the children of Israel, and then the church in which the Gentiles are grafted as a wild shoot onto the olive tree of Israel to become the seed and beginning of the universal kingdom of God. That is the claim that we must wrestle with if we are to understand the full implications of Paul's statement to the Thessalonians that the gospel is not the word of men. It is rather the word of God which awakens saving faith in those who receive it with the obedience of faith. Paul taught the Christians in Rome this same truth when he wrote that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, he who through faith is righteous shall live. 
But the recently concluded Synod on Synodality in Rome and the earlier meeting in Germany called the Synodal Way both offered numerous examples of baptized and ordained Christians who no longer believe in the supernatural gift of divine revelation. Instead, they think of Christianity simply as the fruit of the human search for the divine, and therefore they argue that the church can and must adapt her teachings to our time in order to remain credible to people whose experience of life today differs so profoundly from that of people in previous ages of history. The doctrinal changes sought by such revisionists usually cluster around the claims of the sexual revolution, most of which are incompatible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. These two understandings of human nature, meaning Christian anthropology and postmodern anthropology, offer competing and often contradictory claims about what a human person is and how each person finds interior freedom and fulfillment. And for us to think clearly about such questions, every Christian must understand these disagreements and their consequences for how we live our faith. Each disciple of Jesus Christ must choose between the way of life proposed by the Savior and the contrary ways proposed by the world. But to accept and live by the Christian understanding of the human person, one must first repent of one's sins and believe in the gospel as the supernatural gift of divine revelation and not the product of human experience. But that is precisely what the revisionists in the recent synods often will not accept. And while they stay in the church and may even hold offices of authority, they nonetheless frequently work to undermine biblical teaching and replace it with the errant vision of human liberation proposed by the sexual revolution. Such ecclesiastical revolutionaries are usually charming, witty, and urbane. You can find them holding forth warmly on television, writing winsome books about compassion and discernment, offering bromides against the dangers of being culture warriors, and giving interviews to assure people, with a wink and a nudge, that the Catholic Church doesn't really mean what she teaches about human sexuality. And so for that reason, change must and will come to old and outmoded ways of thinking about gender, sex, the identity of the human body, the nature of marriage, and its relationship to the other sacraments, most especially holy orders and the Holy Eucharist. But friends, that is not Christianity understood as a revealed religion. Forty-one years ago today, I stood before the altar and spoke aloud the same words spoken by every Christian who was baptized outside the Catholic Church and is later received into full communion with the Church. I believe and profess all that the Holy Catholic Church believes, teaches, and proclaims to be revealed by God. And that is the heart of Christianity as a revealed religion, our complete confidence and life-changing conviction that the Savior has revealed to his Church a sacred deposit of faith which she is commanded to transmit without addition or subtraction until Christ returns in glory. 
And that deposit of faith is the supernatural gift of divine revelation that we call the gospel, which is contained in the God-breathed scriptures of the Old and New Testaments and in the apostolic tradition, which faithfully hands on all that Christ taught the Twelve and commanded them and their successors to teach others until his return in glory at the end of days. Now please note that in the first reading today from the prophet Malachi and in the gospel from St. Matthew, the hereditary priests of the Old Covenant and the scribes and Pharisees who opposed the Lord Jesus are sharply warned about the consequences of leading others astray by teaching falsehoods and giving bad example by living in contradiction to the revealed word of God. And those who lead the church today and who would lead her astray would do very well to heed those warnings. All Christians are called by our baptism to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ as the inspired and infallible word of God. And those who teach in the church by virtue of offices entrusted to them have a sacred duty to believe and profess all that the Holy Catholic Church believes, teaches, and proclaims to be revealed by God. So let us pray for those who have forsaken revealed religion, for human wisdom, and now follow a blind path into the darkness of indifferentism and unbelief. St. Paul taught young Bishop Timothy that the church is the pillar and bulwark of the truth. And in the authentic teaching of the Catholic Church, we can be certain of hearing the liberating truth of divine revelation, the faith delivered once for all to the saints, because the gospel is not the word of men. It is rather the word of God, which is now at work in you who believe, you who believe in your hearts and confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord. 